Well, tomorrow's my birthday, and I don't know what to tell you guys. A friend of mine told me the other night that she felt like it was like the lost year. I kind of agree with her. The thing that blows me away the most is just how fast every single day seemed to just churn. Like the clock was on an unending slippery road. Just didn't know where it was going to end. And then I realized that time is eternal. The only thing that keeps ticking down is my life. <laughs> just, you know, just the degradation of age. And the more we try to fight it, it seems the more all the other forces seem to win. But as I look back on all these years I've been on Earth, I have to say that in my optimistic view, I've had more victories than defeats. Because most of the defeats I've ever suffered were the reasons why I had victories. Now, I'm not going to jump on a soapbox right now and start going through a litany of philosophical thoughts of how to survive because each one of us has our own story. And the challenges we all face, no matter how small in other people's minds, are grave and deep for each one of us. I cannot explain this concept of God. And I cannot explain the concept of faith. But I do know this. That in times where I thought I had no time, it was those concepts that gave me enough time to find a miracle or a solution. And I define a miracle as that thing that showed up to save the day that I had never expected. Now, just because I didn't expect it didn't mean it wasn't there. But because I didn't know, I was afraid. And it was faith that gave me the courage to hang in long enough for it to arrive and save the day. This concept of God, I guess, is more like a fishbowl for me. I don't mean the official version of the Bible or all that kind of stuff. But I mean, literally, we could be in a fishbowl and somebody's just crunching up some flakes to give us a, a little food each day, whether that be in our souls or in our minds. And this God has no more power than any other person except for the fact that it controls our environment. Whether or not the, the water is clean enough or, or they put too much uh, chlorine in it and now it's poison and, and they try to save us by putting us in a smaller bowl causing all this conflict and and in trouble and change in weather until they get the, the aquarium clean again and then put us back in our environment and everything calms down. And our life just reflects their life because if they're not having a good day, then the fish aren't having a good day. I don't know, but I will admit it is confusing. And that the people on the far left and the people on the far right who think that there is no room for compromise in their visions are simply doing what they do. 
because power concedes nothing without a demand. You know, it's the law. It's the law of inertia. Something at rest will remain at rest until it is touched or opposed by a force. And so people who have had enough, had it up to here, tired of the BS, don't want to hear it anymore, decide to take action. And that action becomes revolutionary and radical in the sense that it is no longer at rest. It is no longer sitting in the middle. The problem is, and I don't mean to always highlight the problems, but when a good cause gets co-opted by individuals with no morals, who lie, who cheat, who steal, and who murder, the meaning of what we're trying to accomplish diminishes and gets buried underneath all of the dirt and anger and the sorrow that is heaped upon the world. When I was in high school at Loyola High School, you know, I'm just a, a city boy. And uh, I go to this grand private school and uh, this old man named Quinlan with a peg leg had a wooden leg, right? Old, tall, like six, two, six, three, maybe even six floor. Big white man, 200 some pounds, you know, white hair, crotchety old fool. Probably sell the seven seas and shit, you know? People used to throw darts at his leg. He didn't even feel it. <laughs> it's like a dart sticking out of his leg. The kids are cruel. But he taught this class called Ancient Civilizations. For a boy from LA, from the mid city, right? Even though we were cultured, uh, you know, and Sugar Hill and all that kind of madness. I mean, I really wasn't into, you know, Peloponnesian Wars and the Carthaginians and all this stuff. But I was like, you know, we check this shit out. And, um, you know, the only thing I knew about a Trojan was the USC Trojans. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, fools have been fighting for thousands of years over dirt, building walls to keep other people out and to keep certain people in. And it seems that every time they think they got it right, it just comes tumbling down just to the ground, just, just turns into dust and just blows away. The more they try to hold on to it, the less they have a grip on it. I don't know what the actual lesson was I learned about life through ancient civilizations, but I learned a hell of a lot of shit through Quinlan. So Quinlan said, you know, cheating isn't wrong. That was his theory. He says what's wrong is getting caught. I was like, what kind of person in a Jesuit Catholic school would teach somebody some shit like that, right? So he basically was telling all these kids, if you're going to cheat, be good at it. Don't get caught. And I just had a moral opposition to that theory. You know, I just I just couldn't get with it. Because when I would go home, my mama used to beat the shit out of me even when I wasn't doing anything wrong, telling me what's right. I'm like, damn, this is ridiculous. She used to say, I'm beating you because 
I know you did something wrong, even though I don't know what it is. And it's just time for a reminder. I'm like, that's not even in the book. That's not fair. You can't do that. But it did instill in me this thing that, you know, there is right and wrong. And I just thought Quillen was just wrong. You can't do that. And he's teaching kids this and they're accepting it. And they're like, all of a sudden this class became like, you know, the cryptological naval warfare department. Right? <laughs> These kids were coming up with ways of cheating that you have never thought of in your life. I mean, just extraordinary methods of compacting information that is accessible on demand under someone's nose at a time when it is against the rules for you to do so. And they are looking to catch you. I was amazed how these people knew how to or were inventing new ways to cheat. Believe me, these are the elite intellectual children in the city. They recruit from everywhere, from the hood all the way to Palisades, but they were getting the best. The best of the best. The best of the best of the best. And I mean, these people knew how to cheat. It became a competition. I mean, at lunchtime, kids would run around going, oh man, you should see this dude's system. Right? Or this dude's system. Right? People were buying systems at lunch to cheat. Like this one dude named Mike. He had the sliding drawer. He could write information so small that was legible that they would put it on a folding piece of paper. And before class, you would tape this other little piece of paper under the top of your desk, right? That was folded on both ends like a little drawer. And the cheat sheet would have a little bend on the front, like a handle. And when you came in, you just slid the information into the drawer. And then during the test, you just pulled it out, flipped it over, and it had all the definitions for a test, test for definitions. I mean, it was amazing. They had kids breaking into the classroom through the open windows at the top, going into the teacher's unlocked desk and actually copying down the answers from the exam or stealing a copy of the exam. Now, I don't know if they took the exam, went to a photocopy machine, or they sat there all night with a flashlight or some shit and just wrote it all down. But, I mean, that's what was happening in this class. One class was being attacked by every cheater on the planet Earth that happened to be enrolled at Loyola Law School. I mean, at Loyola High School, excuse me. It might have been happening at the law school, too. You never know. But, uh, I mean, it was just amazing. And it was not a secret. I mean, the whole campus was involved in this archetypal, whatever that word is, you know, premier, uh, uh, you know, Poseidon adventure where down is up and up is down. If you want to get out, this is the way, you know, we have to go down to get up because the ship is upside down. That's how I felt was going with this situation, man. And I was like, okay, what can Steve Butler do to swim against the tide, you know? To go the opposite direction, man. My girl, she's always like, you just don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You just always want to just do the opposite. You don't care. It just has to be the opposite. I'm like, no. 
It's not true. I just can't stand ignorance and depravity. You know what I'm saying? And the world seems to gravitate towards crime, ignorance, and depravity. And so, therefore, I'm constantly swimming upstream because I just really don't feel like going down the toilet. Girlfriend, you know? So... I got this bright idea. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to really test this theory of cheating isn't cheating. That's not what the problem is. The problem is getting caught. So Quinlan has this midterm exam, you know, and uh, I think the, the theme with the test was like oh, on the Thessalonians or some shit. Believe me, I don't remember shit about the Thessalonians, but uh, I studied, right, you know, but then I thought, you know what? Forget that. Right? So during the test, test, I literally pulled my book out and just put it on my desk. I was like, you know what? Homeboy is just going to have to dog me out. I don't care. I'm like, you say cheating isn't cheating. Cheating's not the problem. It's getting caught. I said, I would just put my book on the desk and write the answers. I'm just flip pages during the test and, and write the answers. I'm just, I'm going to take cheating to the absolute maximum. Like, dude, I am cheating because I wanted to know where he was morally, right? I don't want to know where he was in terms of of grading my ability to cheat. You know, how great of a crook can I be? I wanted to know where he stood morally. And so I put my book on my desk. And Quillen comes walking down the row and I see him coming and I keep writing and I keep flipping pages. And he stopped next to me and he said, young Mr. Butler, you could at least put the book under the desk. And kept walking. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was dying laughing. I, was, I didn't even know where to process that, right? I didn't even know. He just said, young Mr. Butler, you could at least put it under the desk. Like, you know, it, you, you, you try. I think I got like a B, B plus, maybe B minus, something like that. But I, I was thrown for a couple of days. I was just, I was sitting outside the schoolyard trying to figure out what just happened. Right? Homeboy didn't flunk me. He didn't get upset. Right? He caught me. So obviously I should have got an F. Right? Because it, it's not cheating that's wrong. It's getting caught. But he gave me a B plus, B minus. You know? And I got a B plus, B minus with the book on my test, right? Which is another problem, right? It's like, damn. If you're going to cheat with the book, at least, guess what? You have to read the material in order to know where to find the answers within the time that you have to take the test. And that's when it hit me. That's when it hit me. He was fooling us. He was tricking us.
he knew that if he allowed us to cheat, that his real goal would take place. He's thinking these pubescent young men with no women in an all boys school don't give two shakes of a lamb's tail about ancient civilizations. They're not going to study it. They're not going to know it. They're not going to care. But he cared about ancient civilizations because he realized that if you don't understand history, you're doomed to repeat it. And ancient civilizations is about all the people who thought they had it right and lost it because they just didn't get the point. That your society is judged and its lineage is secured by how you treat the least of them and the least of us. Once you forget about those who have not, those who have are the only people left for those who have not to find a way to live. And he wanted us to get that message. He didn't really give a damn about the grades. That wasn't the point. The point was I got to get them to read the information so that they can carry on and maybe save this stupid society that's crumbling at the edges. And if I tell them they can cheat, at least they're going to read the material. Even if they steal the test, they've got to read the questions to get the answers so that they know which one applies to which. And so he designed the questions to give you the answers. He would have gave it to you freely, except if he had just handed it to you, you would have never paid attention. I hope everyone has a wonderful day. 2230 signing out in a lost year. 2021. Peace.